Hello, I'm Sarah from Get Schooled, student stories from across Kentucky, brought to you by the Kentucky Student Voice Team. Today we're having a conversation about going back to school in person and everything that entails. I'm joined today by several Kentucky students and fellow podcast team members. Hello, I'm Jack Gilbert from uh, Frankfurt High School. I'm a sophomore. I use he, him pronouns. Hello, I'm Karen Matsui. I'm a junior at Paul Lawrence Dumber High School, and I use she, her pronouns. Hi, I'm Spandana Pavalori. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a junior at DuPont Manual High School. Hi, I'm Emma, she, her pronouns, and I am a senior at Danville High School. So starting off, I wanted to ask everyone how in-person school is different to in-person school from before the pandemic. So like uh, in-person school now, uh, before the pandemic, like I was around a lot of my friends. I had like, I could do a lot more. I guess I wasn't as afraid to like hang out with my friends after school. I didn't do that a lot anyway, but I wasn't as afraid to. Now I'm like much more hesitant to do stuff with people. And uh, like most of the like teaching environment hasn't really changed because yeah, but like I'm more hesitant. And I feel like some of the other people are also more hesitant to do so. I think personally, I'm I'm really antisocial in general, and so I think being in person has actually just been harder for me because I realized that coming back from not talking to anyone, I have no idea how to communicate with the people I used to communicate with all the time. So that's, yeah. I'm kind of a little bit on the opposite side of things. Um, I I feel I would consider myself pretty social, and so like I definitely see shifts in how it used to be like freshman year when things were like completely normal before the pandemic versus now. I mean, I think I've still gotten a ton of like chances to interact and talk to people, and so it's like the closest to normal, I guess, that I've ever felt in you know the past um, year or so. But it, I mean, there's definitely differences, like not, you know, like at lunch, not being able to sit with as many people or like not being able to do as many group things um, in school. Um, so there's shifts like that. And then, you know, just like not seeing people's entire face is also kind of a big shift. But I mean, other than that, I'd say like things are pretty pretty decent like I I do think I'm able to socialize um to a pretty large extent um in school now too it's just a different setting and things are just slightly different yeah definitely and I think a yeah, there's a lot of different shifts between before and now, especially with just how COVID has permeated its way and impacted little aspects of the social life. So kind of going off of that, how is the COVID situation at your school in general in terms of 
Have there been any quarantines, outbreaks? Has it impacted you? Things like that. I can start off. Um, my school's not doing great with COVID. We're probably doing better than some places, but um, the percent of the student population that's vaccinated is not super high. So uh, we've had a lot of sports teams have to quarantine because one person on the team gets infected and then very few people on the team are vaccinated. So we've had multiple, multiple times for the football team to get quarantined and then a few times for other teams. We've also had um, a couple teachers have to be out, um, which was the worst because we have very few subs in the whole district, but specifically for the high school. So when a teacher's out, it's like scrambling to get someone to cover their class or even like to find random other teachers who have a planning that period and can come sit in the room. Um, in terms of students, I don't think it's like it's about the same as it's been. We haven't had like terrible amounts out, but also I think part of that is probably students aren't getting tested super regularly or aren't showing symptoms. And so we just don't know about it. I kind of want to add on to what Emma was saying about the, uh, like, quarantine teachers, because, like, I have an Algebra 2 class, and my teacher, she got corona, like, four or five weeks ago, and she hasn't been able to come back since, and she had to, like, get on oxygen. So I've been, like, without math for, like, the past five weeks, and we're supposed to take a test tomorrow. So it's a little stressful knowing that, like, I have to take a test, yet I haven't had instruction for like four or five weeks. So like, and then there's like some kids, like I, I, there's this one kid in one of my classes, he was quarantined, came back for four days and then had to quarantine again because he's not vaccinated. And so stuff like that, it gets a little stressful. Sorry, I just, I do actually have a quick question for you, Jack. So you have, have you literally like not been learning math for the past couple of weeks? Or like, have you had some sort of sub or someone who's like been trying to teach it to you? So uh, we've had subs, but like they haven't really attempted to teach us something. We're, we, we've been supposed, we're supposed to do like our homework kind of like work like that. But I had already finished that stuff because, like, I like to get my work done and then, like, so that way, like, when I'm in class, I can focus on my other classes and such. So, like, I already had that stuff done. So I've gone without, like, any instruction. And so me and my friends, we've just been playing hangman and stuff in class for, like, the past four weeks. Oh my gosh, that's that's so crazy. Yeah, I just like needed clarification because I almost like didn't believe that because that's insane. But um, as for my school, I feel like we're doing decently well. Um, I think most of our like student population is vaccinated uh, and most of our uh, adults in our school are as well. Masks are required by everyone. I think there's maybe like two to three kids who don't wear one and they usually have to have like a reason or else like they're my school is also taking like action um for students who like consistently fail to like 
use properly use their masks like constantly have it down um i think they like even gave out a couple of referrals so it's definitely like um there's a lot of accountability there and then like people we do also have um COVID testing that you're allowed to opt in for. So any student who wants to, their parent can sign them up and they can go get tested weekly. So that also helps us kind of monitor how things are going. So I'd say for the most part, we're doing pretty well, but you know, obviously there is like, there is still cases, there's still quarantines and there's probably more cases than we're aware of. Yeah, I think my school's um, kind of in a pretty similar situation to that. Um, you know, while masks are still mandated, most of the student body and faculty has been vaccinated. Uh, we don't have anything as much as like weekly COVID testings or I haven't known um, many people getting referrals. But I think in like the general scale or overview, I think I think um, my school is also doing pretty well in that regard. Um, I haven't heard of too many quarantines. I only know one person who's been quarantined. So I think kind of similar to spend I think my school is doing also pretty well in that regard. Just jumping back to Jack's point earlier, I know it's been a little bit, but thinking about how much COVID impacted sort of people's, I guess learning curves is not the correct word I'm looking for, but how much learning had been sort of lost during quarantine and comparing that to still because of just quarantine still ongoing in their own scattered ways, how much that's being impacted too. I think that's a really interesting, kind of depressing, but fairly interesting thing. And I'm sort of generally hearing a lot of bits and pieces about the more technicals behind what your school is specifically doing. I know at my school, sort of what Karen was talking about, we have masks we try to distance out how we do lunch especially but masks are required not required outside not required in the cafeteria and there are a lot of things being done to minimize the amount of students around so i was just a little more curious about those technicals and also whether you believe they're really being effective in your schools I can start off again. My school, we do require masks. Um, and we, for lunch, which is like the biggest risk time because people don't have their masks on, we're actually eating in the gym, which is not my favorite, but it's the only place in the school where you can space a third of the student body out um, six feet apart in all directions. Um, so we eat on the bleachers in the gym and there's three staggered lunches. Um, and then we also, we have, every time you leave your classroom, you have to fill out a Google form saying like who you are, what period it is, what class you're coming from and where you're going. And um, the theory is that that can be used for contact tracing. So if you're in the bathroom at the same time as someone who tests positive, they can notify you. I don't know, like that's a ton of Google form responses to wade through and try and find the three people who were in the bathroom at the same time as the one student who tested positive. But um, that is at least an effort to try and do some extensive contact tracing. So for like masks at my school, they, uh, they're required, but I say that with an asterisk because half the kids don't wear them properly. 
And most of the teachers don't really, um, like, most of the time they aren't really, like, put your mask up. Like, there's a few teachers that will always be like, pull your mask up. But most of the time they're just, like, pretty chill with it. Um, And, like, with, like, contact tracing, like, I got, um, I was in contact with a person and they called my mom instead of telling me. Whereas the other two people or three people that I was with, they straight up just, like, called them to the office and told them. Which was a little weird because all of us were vaccinated except for the person that got it. And then uh, um, one of my other friends, he wasn't vaccinated and he uh, got contact traced. And he, because like we have like four classes together. And he was like, he had to call me up. He was like, I was in class with this person. I know you don't have class with them, but because we have so many classes together, I think it's only fair that I'm like, I could potentially have COVID. Just want to let you know, you might want to get tested soon. I'm getting tested soon. Just letting you know, so you can be extra safe. And, like, I knew the school wasn't going to contact trace me because I didn't have any classes with that person. But I had classes with people that had classes with her. So it was, like, where does the line draw on what should be contact traced? It was just, you know. Yeah, so, like I said, like, masks are required at my school. But, like, for lunch, we have, like, circular tables and, like, it used to be like multiple people could sit there but now it's just three and they do have like this qr code code form thing on the tables you can sign so like they could do contract tracing but like barely anyone does it because you just like you just kind of like forget to like fill out that form every lunch period and stuff so i don't know if like the contact tracing is super effective but every teacher has to like you know, create seating charts and stick to those. Um, and so like, you know, if someone does test positive, they can contact you about that and then you can go get tested. The only thing, um, the only thing that kind of sucks is that, uh, for the weekly COVID testing that I talked about earlier, um, it's during like the school day. So it's like during class time, but it's not like super efficient. So like, I've known people who've missed like an hour, like, a, a block because they, like, had to go and, like, wait in the lines and stuff. And honestly, like, some people enjoy that. And, like, in a boring class, like, that's kind of really nice. But, um, you know, in some classes, like, you, you kind of need to be there, especially if you have, like, tests or anything like that. So, like, that's the only reason I don't do it within my school. But I think JCPS is offering a lot of facilities that you can go get tested at any point of like at any point of day and my parents or like any of any people you know kind of can get tested so it's really available to like the general public which I do I think is great um for my school we we do have like masks, masks, sorry, but I, we don't really have the QR code where you scan in and fill out a Google form. I do know that they did it last year um, when schools came back in person back in March for like the restrooms, but now it's not an option and which makes sense considering the school has just a lot of people. And also um, for the lunchroom, it's not like last year either. We It's no mass, but we're not really socially distanced either just because we don't have enough space for it. And they don't use the gym for lunch. And it's 
it's kind of concerning sometimes, <laughs> but it is the way it is, and you don't really get an option there. So, and sort of tacking onto that, another aspect of our lunchroom at our school, and I'm not sure if every other school has been like doing something at least similar to this, but we have like sections of the cafeteria, and it's sort of like the the idea that was sort of pitched at the very start of the year was if you sit in one section you have to remain sitting in that section the entire like rest of the year and they get dismissed by that section but that action has that ha hasn't actually been upheld and people can really just sit anywhere the sections are mostly just different waves of people leaving which minimize the amount of people in the hallways which is good for social distancing in that respect but I think at this point as we look at it especially since people have the option to sit outside and there's no restrictions on who can like sit outside unless it's like raining obviously but because of that there's no real feasible way to contact trace at all in the cafeteria it does some to help with narrowing out the hallways but for the most part there's there's no real way to contact trace that and sort of ricocheting back to an earlier point made i did want to ask if just off of just feeling really do you feel like your school is keeping you informed about the covid19 situation in the school communities To a degree, they are keeping us informed. Like, they have a whole dashboard thing where you can go and, like, at the high school, there are this many cases, this many quarantines, this many teachers have it, and such. And then they have for the middle school and elementary school. But, like, I don't think it's always constantly updated with the most accurate information. Because, like, if, like, sometimes if, like, the data on there is correct, then, like, half the kids in quarantine are in my classes. And I feel like there's so many more students at my school that are probably in quarantine than what they have up there. But I, I just wouldn't know because I don't have classes with them. I never see them. And so I'm like, is it a data accurate? Is it like, what is truly accurate in this? I also feel pretty in the dark about um, the specifics of the COVID situation at my school. Um, they don't have any kind of dashboard as far as I know, like it's not on the website or on social media or anything. Um, and so a lot of it gets spread by word of mouth, which is a problem because students will be like, oh, so-and-so has COVID. And then it turns into like these 10 people have COVID and maybe one of them actually has a positive test and two of them are quarantined. And we also... Um, because of, um, like HIPAA rules, which are obviously a good thing, we can't know specifically, like the school is not allowed to tell us who tested positive. So all of that is through rumors, um, as well. We just know when someone in our class has it, which is helpful. Um, but then it like starts the rumor mill of who do you think it could be? Who was absent today? And, oh, that person was absent for a completely unrelated reason, but now we're convinced that they have COVID. And so um, the, the lack of information from the school definitely creates a, 
perfect storm of gossip and rumors. I feel like um, in my school, they're fairly, like, they're as clear as, like, they kind of can be. Um, like, I just think, like, a lot of the adults in my school, like, really get, like, the severity of things, and they're not, like, they just don't want to, like, downplay things constantly, which I really do appreciate. Um, like, for for what I know, like, most of my teachers are, like, vaccinated and, you know, really, like, careful about this COVID stuff. So they're usually, like, clear about, like, how, like, how bad it is in our school specifically, in other schools. Um, so, I, but we don't get, like, specific numbers or anything like that. It's just kind of, like, there's just general consensus that, like, if it's getting really bad, like, we'll know about it. Um, I think for my school, personally, it's, I think we're also more in the dark, but I also think it's because, you know, HIPAA rules, they can't tell who tested positive. And so, like, our county does have a COVID dashboard that does say, goes school by school, this is how many student quarantines there are, this is how many faculty quarantines there are. But there's, and there's also information about, like, how many actual, like, positive tests, I think. Um, yes, it is. Sorry, I just checked. But... I think beyond that, I don't know if it's just because I don't, I'm not really that social. I don't really talk to many people, but I'm in the, I'm really in the dark about like who, if anyone in my class has it or who my class is quarantined, like there's someone in my class who's quarantined that I did not realize was quarantined until like a week where they've gone for a week. And I, I started wondering where they had been. So it, in that kind of way, I feel pretty in the dark, but I also understand that, you know, privacy and is, and I understand it. Sort of connecting to the community aspect of that, I know that this was especially a big thing towards the start of in-person schooling. Maybe it's died down a little bit, but I did want to ask just generally how parents and students at your school or just district overall have responded to the presence or lack thereof of COVID protocols. I think for the most part, parents in in my school, like, of manual kids seem to be, like, pretty, like, accepting of, like, the fact that we have to, you know, do mask mandates and be careful about things. I mean, I definitely, like, there's definitely, like, also students who, like, are unvaccinated and that might also be a result of, like, influences from their parents. Um, So it's definitely not, like, you know, we have this complete consensus agreement um, and like same feelings um, from parent to parent, but I think a majority of them like support it. And like, I don't think there's been like a huge, huge number of complaints against things. And I think there would be a huge number of complaints if like we weren't putting in place the protocol protocols that we have right now. Yeah, I think I'd say like same at my school. Um, you know, we have mask mandates and there's honestly students don't complain, parents don't complain about it. So I think that's really good. Um, 
just in the school and the community around the school. Um, as for the lack of protocol, there are a few concerns that I've heard from my friend's parents or from my own parents. But I think beyond that, um, I think the parents and students just don't have responded really well to just protocol. And they've all taken it pretty seriously. And it seems like they all understand uh, the gravity of COVID, which is good. <laughs> As far as I'm aware, there hasn't been any, like, parent outcry or anything, but, like, as I said earlier, a lot of students aren't complying with the mask mandate, uh, and, uh, like, there's a good amount of students that aren't vaccinated and such, so, but, like, I don't know if there's been any outcry. As far as I'm aware, there's none, which is a good thing. But, like, most of the parents that would be complaining are complaining to their own children. And, like, I think it's ridiculous. Like, I feel like the people that do complain, they only complain to their children. They're not, like, protesting the school board, which I know some schools have problems with parents protesting. Like, we shouldn't be requiring masks and stuff like that. I'm in kind of the same boat as Jack. Um, As far as I know, we haven't had huge parent protests or anything. Although we do have, so in Danville where I live, there's the Danville Independent Schools, there's the Boyle County Schools. And then there are like a couple um, private schools. And one of them is DCA, Danville Christian Academy. And they don't have a mask mandate, I'm pretty sure. Um, In the past, they haven't followed strict COVID guidelines. So a lot of families who have the means and are really, really anti um COVID regulations will go to private schools that don't um, regulate it as much. So I think that's kind of taken away from some of the parent protesting. But as far as students, I know there are a lot of students who will wear their mask under their nose or under their chin, and they complain when a teacher tells them to fix it. And also we have one-way schools in my hallway um, to try and like, to make sure that everyone's air is going the same way and we're not all breathing into each other's faces and to kind of reduce the traffic. Um, And a lot of people complain about the one-way hallways, which I understand because they're annoying and sometimes you have to walk around like literally the entire school to get to your class. But those are possibly the thing that people complain about most. Oh, uh, that reminds me. So there's um, there's this pair of sisters at our school this there's a one's a senior the other one's a freshman the freshman was not wearing her mask and so the senior she took a picture of her sister not wearing a mask and sent it to their mom and their mom got really upset with the freshman but she still doesn't wear her mask i have like spanish with her so it's like just just do your mask and your mom won't get mad at you I'm going to shift gears a little bit, if that is all right, and talk about another sort of aspect to this whole situation. And it definitely hits on a lot of the underlying things that I've been hearing here. But in terms of comparing in-person school right now, as opposed to virtual schooling in the past year, if that's what you had, how has it impacted your learning and achievement, both positively and negatively? I think um, personally, I will say 
Um, in person, I am a, I am more able to ask more questions to my teachers, and if I don't understand something, I can get more quick feedback. And so in that way, I really appreciate it. It's also a lot easier um, for especially like in my math classes. If I don't understand a problem, I can see how it's being done, and the direct feedback really helps me understand the subject better. I will say though, um, just because of my transportation situation, this is kind of a off sort of related thing. I, I was able to do, in a kind of ironic fashion, I was able to do more extracurricular activities virtually because, you know, virtually you don't need transportation um, to, you know, go at, to attend these activities. So I don't have to worry about how do I get home from these activities. And it also gives me a lot more time, which did um, allow me to just do more things and learn more things in that kind of way. With like my achievement, I, I'd say that I actually did more work in virtual than I did in person for my classes because we use this program called Summit where you're able to take, um, for most classes, you're able to take any test uh, throughout the year at your own pace. There's like 10, you, there's usually like 10, around 10 te main tests and then like five or six sub tests. And then like some classes you'll have to take other tests, but like I was able to usually get, I got most of my tests done by December of last year. And this year I'm like, I know I'll get all my tests done before the deadline, but I probably won't get them done nearly as quickly. And like, I have two less, well, I have like one or two less classes la than I do last year, but that's simply because I'm in class with my friends and I talk to them a whole lot more than I would last year, like throughout the entire quarantine. I talk to like three people because if I'm not forced to talk to people, I probably won't talk to them. I personally do like way better in in-person school. Um, I, I learned fine virtually and my grades were fine, but just the, the boredom and the exhaustion of being on a computer screen all day was really, uh, it was not great. And I I still use my computer a lot all day when I'm in school because we do have one-to-one -one and so a lot of assignments are on our Chromebooks. But um, I don't know, at least at school, if I'm, if I'm bored or if I'm like getting tired, it's like, well, at, at least I'm not sitting at home. I don't know if that makes sense because for me, I do like to be home, but I like to be home learning less. Um, I don't know. I never struggled too badly with virtual learning, but mentally, it's so much better for me to have to leave the house for eight hours a day, even if I don't super enjoy it. Yeah, I, I'm with you there, Emma. I think I definitely learn a lot better in person. I just, like, I don't think I did, like, you know, I didn't struggle too, too much during virtual school. Like, I did good. But, like, it was just, like, comparatively, I definitely, like, like being in person more. It's just, like, so much easier for me to stay attentive. And, like, for me, like, I'm just a person who, like, asks a ton of questions. I think specifically in math, like, that's my main class. Like, um... Because, like, it's, like, calc and it's, like, hard. And I just, like, constantly ask questions. Like, 
and all the time and it helps me so much and like that's the main thing that like has been helping me do well in the class throughout like so far this year but like last year I definitely struggled more in the subject just because like it's terrifying to ask your teacher like questions like when you barely know them or when there's like 20 other kids on like a zoom call and none of you guys have cameras on so yeah it was just I just think I'm like learning better now just because I feel more comfortable in the environment Absolutely. Yeah. I think I noticed personally the biggest change in my science classes because so many science classes are very reliant on labs. I'm in AP biology right now. And if I was in AP biology during quarantine, that would be a lot of course materials because we wouldn't be able to do labs. But yeah, I definitely yeah, think, I definitely think that, that, I guess in part because I have other people there and I can like interact in real time with teachers. I find that being in person has been better for my education. But jumping a little bit back to something Karen had said about transportation and everything and preemptive little plug, but one of our upcoming podcast episodes um, being led by Jack is about extracurriculars. And I think considering transportation in the light of all of this is also a really big and important factor because there have been a lot of elements of things that happened within quarantine that impacted students' ability to interact with extracurricular things. I mean, we had shortages of technology was a major thing, and I know that that was a big barrier. But also returning back in person, I think an angle that could be really interestingly examined is how it impacts students, especially in a transportation regard, because, and especially with a lot of things going on in schools right now, school buses and everything, I think that's a whole other can of worms that could be really opened and sort of transitioning from there into a final question before we leave it off overall what would you say to administrators and legislators about being in person in a pandemic considering how it's impacted your learning how it's impacted you socially just every aspect of it I think, I think I probably would say something like, in-person is valuable for some people. I don't think all people benefit from in-person learning. Uh, some get sidetracked by others in person. And some people are like, they have to be quarantines and we don't have any virtual option. So because we don't have any virtual option, people who are quarantined get behind on their work. I know some people just straight up don't do work even when they're supposed to when they're quarantined. And so we should be able to have that option of like staying virtual so that way we can lessen COVID cases, make sure people are actually doing their work when they have to quarantine. I think it would just be better for all if we had that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I mean, I guess the main thing is just like being really adaptive and like understanding. I think like just being empathetic is super important. And like specifically in, in the pandemic, like I think we realized like how much inequity kind of exists. So I think 
being able to empathize and put yourself in other people's shoes is really important. When you have a student who um, is from a family where they have maybe a family member that's immunocompromised, you know, they might not be able to focus that much on learning, um, even if they want to, because they're constantly worrying about whether they might, um, you know, infect one of their family members. So I think, like, because it's a pandemic and because it has serious concerns and can seriously hurt people, I think it's just important that the people in power are doing whatever they can to keep kids safe so that kids don't constantly have to worry about things because the adults have put in like precautions and things to make um, our school environment safer. So it's just like being careful about the decisions that they're making um, and being considerate with those decisions. And then like listening to people because at the end of the day, that's what's like going to um, truly be representative of students and parents and the different stakeholders. Um, I'm going to add on to that, to that and what Jack said. I think um, personally, from a mental health perspective, I think making it optional is also a good idea, like, again, to reduce COVID cases um, and, you know, people in the building. Um, but also from a mental health perspective, personally, my anxiety has gotten a lot, I think, worse be, um, just because of quarantine, not having to talk to people. And so going back, it's been kind of a difficult shift for me. And so I think having that option for people um, who may also struggle with that, those kind of things to to stay virtual could also be um, a considerate or a thing to maybe, or just a thing to think about um, when um, this making decisions regarding uh, students' lives and school. I think the biggest thing I would say to to legislators especially, but also to administrators, is that for a lot of students um, and for teachers also, being in person does have a lot of value. And the biggest thing that helps people stay in person is having to wear a mask. And there's, there's science that backs that up. And I just think... Um, I don't know if our legislators don't realize that, but it's really it's really important for a lot of people to be able to stay in school and not have to keep being quarantined and have COVID running rampant through the schools. And some schools have chosen to keep their mask mandates and not all have. And I think that a mask mandate at the state level would really solve a lot of issues of um, COVID within schools. Absolutely. And I think for me personally, the biggest thing I would just say is just making sure that we retain sort of as touched on earlier by a lot of you is making sure we retain some fluidity and ability to have like a working virtual platform because obviously there's you have to be there are a lot of logistics to be worked out there we saw in the past you know year especially of hybrid models that trying to maintain a zoom and an active class was difficult for bandwidth but just in general making sure that we have the ability for people to follow 
along virtually because being in quarantine, being quarantined for like COVID this year, like is just for contact tracing is obviously very difficult. And there's, I mean, two weeks may in some respects sound like a super huge margin or sound super small, but like either way, that's a, that's a lot of work that you would be missing. So making sure that we have that virtual platform in the case that COVID cases continue to uptick and we have to shut down schools again for the betterment, just making sure we have that is super, super important. So thank you all for talking. Thank you for listening to Get Schooled. Please follow, share the episode, and leave a review. Make sure to also follow the Kentucky Student Voice Team on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at KY Voice Team. Also, be sure to check out our blog, studentvoiceforum.org. Is there anything going on in your school or area that you want us to cover? Be sure to let us know by emailing podcast at kystewvoiceteam.org. That's podcast at kystewvoiceteam.org. See you all next time for another episode of Get Schooled. Thank mm-hmm. you.